Welcome to Soul News Day with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark. Yep. Woo. Corey, our producer, uh, told me I have to move. Now that we're a, a video podcast on Spotify and a regular podcast on every other feed, Corey told me I can no longer use a sock as my microphone pop filter, or at least I have to hide the logo, um, which is a long way of saying that we've sold out. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're doing a three times a week podcast called Slow News Day. I want to explain it just off the top. So first of all, we're going to have a huge episode today. Mina Kimes, Bryce Young, Desmond Howard, Andrew Whitworth, okay? If you're listening not on Spotify, you're not going to see video. There will be some references in this particular episode to a couple of things you can only see on video. You might be weirded out by it. Don't be. This is going to be a normal podcast 80% of the time. Mondays and Fridays uh, is going to be just normal football talk. Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will, will be talking about the, the weekend that was in the NFL, looking ahead to the week that will be. Fridays will be more football talk plus a ton of college football, for instance. Uh, this Friday, Seth Galina and Stephen Ruiz join me to talk about the teams that can win the Super Bowl. And then Andy Staples will join me for some college football talk. It's going to be really fun. Um, so I just wanted to let you kind of know the lay of the land, which is that on Wednesdays, we're going to have the normal slow news day. It'll be released on Twitter, YouTube, all the things, Instagram, the things it normally is. And then beyond that, it will be in a Spotify video player. You'll get it on Apple. Uh, and again, as there will be today, there will be references to visual stuff. However, there will never be an episode like this again. We have four guests. We're really doing this as kind of a, a launch a palooza. Uh, this is a special thing just, just for the first episode. Uh, regular season schedule starts next week. I can't wait for you guys to listen, to watch, to check it out. I'm so excited. Um, subscribe, follow, five stars, whatever. Uh, it's going to be an amazing journey. Let's start with Mina Kimes. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system. No matter how advanced can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions, always drive safely. Mina Kimes, ESPN analyst, Slow News Day favorite. Mina, um, I need to tell you something. So this is, we have a video capability now. So we're audio and visual in the pod feed. We're a full-time podcast now. We, we still ah. do the Slow News Day stuff. We're still released as, okay. as everything, but we're, we're, we're its own podcast feed. Um, so now we have the capability to, in the Spotify app, show people things, okay? And so here's what, what I want to start with, okay? Okay. Uh, I'm going to share the screen. Just this one. Can you see it? I can. Okay, it's a photo of Mitch Trubisky. It's a. It's it's. Uh... Can you hear that? I can't hear it. I can only see it. But God, in some ways, it's better it. without hearing it. Unless <laughs> is he saying, it's... "Here we go"? No, he's saying, "Let's ride." <laughs> no, no. But in the worst possible way. In the worst possible way. 
But if he's not doing it to dunk on Russell Wilson, which would be bold. From no, Michigan. he's just doing it to do it. Look, I'm going to send this to you. Do you have your phone out? Got the sound on. Okay. Let's rock. In some ways, I really empathize with him for a couple of reasons. There's nothing worse in the world. I realize this is sort of what we do for a living, but then being put on the spot and told to like say something or do like a little move. Like, have you ever seen one of those? And this is not too dissimilar from what they're using those like 3D photo booths at like events. Yes. Yes. I have. What do you do? What do you do? If you get in there, you don't and, go and, in them. And, you don't go in them. Well, uh, I do go in them and I only have only one move ever comes to my mind. And then I'm always so upset. So it's a 3d photo booth. So you usually have to fill yeah. like, you know, 10 seconds sure. of time. Uh-huh. It's kind of hard to do in my chair, but I I'll do that, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, move. I gotta tell you, that's not a terrible dab. Really? It's not bad. I mean, I've seen worse. Have you ever seen Ed Werder's dab? <laughs> I don't really have to see it to imagine what it looks we're going like. to put in Edwarder's dab. I need a new move. I need, I, I, the dab is, is definitely, should we workshop it? Like not now. Like, I mean, like a there's a lot of things. Yeah. There you go. That, what was that? What's that called? I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. See, but, but I'm not just saying I, I get it. Why? I want to know though. Like if someone asked him specifically to say, let's ride. Maybe yeah. the they thought it would be funny to like make fun of Russell Wilson. Like, did you see that video of Keenan Allen mocking Russell Wilson no. saying, "Let's ride." Let's get that up. It is incredible, <laughs> and it is very <laughs> clearly meant as a joke. But Keenan Allen can make that joke because he's Keenan Allen. Uh, are the Steelers going to win any games with uh, "Let's Ride" Mitch Trubisky? Um, Bengals Week One. No, who do they have Week Two? <laughs> I think here's the question. Does Mr. Trubisky make it to the Jets? Because I think they have the Jets in week four. If I Because I was trying to find where Kenny Pickett would like start, you know, and. Uh-huh. So he had yeah, the Patriots like in week spot. two. You don't want him going against the Patriots. You don't want him, because you don't want him to see. Are Mac the Patriots Jones. good? I don't know. I was about to say, like, I, you don't want to, I was going to say you don't want him to go against the Patriots, but I'm not sure that that's still a thing. Like, I'm sure I'm like Kenny Pickett. I'm sure that the Belichick could scheme something up, but you, you, you edit these videos, right? Like you can put things like different videos. Sure. As we're talking about this, can you put Bill Simmons tweet about Mac Jones being MVP from July, just like floating across the screen? <laughs> Our Apple listeners are going to have a tough time, but just imagine it. Apple listeners, imagine <laughs> it, imagine it. We're going to put the video. We're going to put it on for the Spotify listeners. Um, and then he has the, the the Browns in week three. I think he gets realistically, if 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 Mitchell does not do well in the first two weeks, realistically, you could start him at Cleveland. Pick it. Cleveland defense is pretty good, but yeah, yeah. Hey, I could see that. Um, let's we're going to do like more games, more bits, more segments. Now that we're a full time podcast, let's play a game called uh, Name Three Good Seahawks. <laughs> DK Metcalf. Yep. Tyler Lockett. Yep, that's two. Kuna Ford. <laughs> there you go. We got there. What do I win? What do I get? What's my prize? Uh, a 2 and, and 15 football team. 
I believe. So Bryce Young. I love it. You, you know, Bryce you know, come, is the next guest on this show. Perfect. Synergy. Bryce Young is can coming I, up after this. Can I make you him a pitch said, that you can kind of yes, s- seamlessly? Yes, yes. Yes. I would also say that uh, the first thing he talks about is his obsession with studying Aaron Rodgers. So that could be exciting. I um, saw Bryce Young <laughs> at the ESPYs and we took our photo together. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to leave that one. Yeah, uh, no, go ahead. I saw Bryce Young at the ESPYs. We took our photo together and someone, I think it was like a Lions Twitter, posted it to try to ascertain how tall Bryce Young was yes. based on his yes. being next to me. But I was wearing heels, so it was unfair he to him. It was unfair. I mean, I, he's taller than me, but norm in my you know, normally, but we sure. look similarly height. Like uh, we look to be of similar height. I so. had a tough height photo with Patrick Mahomes uh, over the training camp. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't know the photo was being taken. I was in a power stance for Patrick. I wasn't in a power stance for everybody. And then I redeemed myself by being uh, fine with Jamar Chase the next day in a photo. That's we'll just all, that's all we're doing here is just trying to, to be in looking a decent height in the photo. Um, what's your pitch to Bryce Young? Um, Bryce, if you come to Seattle, I don't know why I make it pitch. Like it's yeah. I, I just have been asked to do Eli it. If you Manning and force yes. your way onto the Seahawks, um, you have... He's, from, he's from the West Coast. He's from the West Coast, Pasadena, local. I'm in LA. Um, cool. You've got something going... <laughs> I'm not going to make an assumption that everyone knows. Um, I'll say this. This fan base is accustomed to irrationally defending short quarterbacks. I have spent years arguing that Russell Wilson's height was not a detriment, that it has allowed him to, you know, work extra hard to, you know, be an even more electric playmaker. All of those defenses are already locked and loaded for you. And you've already come up with the cope that the reason Russell Wilson couldn't use the middle of the field is because of play calling and not his stature. Or Russell Wilson, thin zone, not short enough. Oh, they didn't. Oh, wow. Too tall. Too tall. Too tall. Wow. We have to go shorter. Because I actually think wow. Bryce Young might be a bit shorter Wait, than he's certainly smaller. Possible also Russell Wilson too wide. <laughs> Cause, cause Bryce is, is a little slimmer. Yeah. So there's no, a lot like of it. ways like we it. can go here with Bryce. Bryce is coming on after this. We had a lovely chat. I really enjoyed it. Future He's Seattle great. Seahawk. I just can't wait for it. He's great. He will look so good in blue action, green and college Navy. I know this because I've already Photoshopped him into a Jersey. It is ready. Actually, I think I've already posted it. Normal behavior stuff. Now that nobody's watching the Seahawks, can we go back to the old like eighties jerseys? They're wearing action green for the Monday opener against Russell Wilson, which is simply the worst. It is, we're already on a national stage. Our ex is there, our piece of yeah. Russell Wilson is there with his, you know, hot new piece. And Seahawks are wearing their worst outfits. This is my literal nightmare. 
I, I don't I, I don't know what to tell you. Just bring back the old 80s jerseys and everybody like this. Be, this is amazing. No, you're right. Like, if the Seahawks lost, but they were wearing the royal blue, everybody yeah. would be like, well, you know, uh, I, I will say. I don't think they're going to win because I'm rational. But if somehow Geno Smith beats Russell Wilson, hang the banner. Season's over. Like one of those Colts style, yeah, you know, play, participant. Just put up one, beat Russell yeah. Wilson in Week One, and then call it. Well, I'm rooting for you. I'm not. I'm not rooting for you. Oh, I don't know why you I said that. You're coming I'm not to rooting Steven for Ruiz. Yes, the world's biggest what? Geno Smith fan. Did you see that? I'm well trolley? aware. I I saw Geno Smith play in high school. Speaking of locals, he's a proud South Floridian. He didn't go to Miami. Um. I don't think I don't think Miami offered him. Maybe they did. I don't know. Jacoy Harris was was already the man. Does doesn't matter. We don't need to relitigate that. Uh, talk me out of my Super Bowl pick: Packers over Chargers. Okay, it's it's not an unreasonable pick, so we should start. Well, it's there. a great you're, pick. You're That's not, why it's my pick. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm making you dab. Basically, it's a th- <laughs> in order for because it's an it's a, it's a perfect pick. So I'm putting you on the spot to talk me out of it. What's yours? Perfect. Perfect feels a little strong. Um, okay. I love the Chargers. I am high on the Chargers. Like, oh, you asked me what my pick was? Yes. My pick is way, way less cool. I think it is the chalk pick, which is Bills Bucks. Oh, see, see, the Bucks is not chalk. The Bills is the Bills is chalk. Who's the NFC favorite? Is it the Packers? The Packers or the Rams? Packers, Bucks, and Rams are pretty close to me. Packers, um, Bucks, okay. and Rams. Yeah. You wanted me to talk you out of it. I okay, so I yeah. love the the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. I love all the off-season additions. However, you got to see it all together. Yeah, and head coaching, bringing it all together. Com- coming back from injury, um, like J.C. Jackson, I, I just saw not playing week one, or maybe not playing week one. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, you know, like uh, Khalil Mack, amazing, but obviously getting up in the years, you know, maybe... Um, and they're cursed. I should have just started with that curse. Um, curse. How do we lift the curse? Is it the San Diego curse? Yeah, you can't. I think if you leave a... Well, no, but the, the Rams left St. Louis and won the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know what the... Yeah. Like, hmm. I don't know. Hey, is it weird that we just did the Khalil Mack is getting up there in years and he was born in the 90s? How old is Khalil Mack? He's 31 years old. How old is Robert Quinn? Uh, he's, uh, he's older. He's 32. That's insane. Yeah. In my mind, Robert Quinn is like 45. But this is, this is because he played in St. Louis, where like it's like a weird time. It was because he played in 2011, war. which was a million years ago. So, he, so Quinn was in, in the NFL in 2011. Khalil Mack was drafted in 2014, and they're one year apart in age. That's your problem. That's so weird. Yeah, you're right. It's, like, is, the, it's like the Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson thing. Yes, yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Maybe we're Maybe the old similar ones. to that. You ever thought about um, that? I am older than every single person we have just named. That's correct. So, is that what? It's good the time Brady's back. Except for Aaron Rodgers um, and Brandon Staley. Um, it's good that Tom Brady's still around at 45. I can't do anything athletic anymore. 
You got a decade on me. Is it good for Tom Brady? I don't know, but is I it good for us? No, I, I will say he's about- looking. What are we not talking about? Are we not? Let me tell you. Let me uh, pull us out of this tailspin and just point out that we're not talking about his increasingly weird face. Less offensive than the thing I, I actually do think about. it's less offensive. I do think it's less offensive. <laughs> it is good for us that he's still playing. I always want an yeah. NFL player to be older than me. Who's going to be the last NFL player older than you? Older than us? Probably Justin Tucker. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's, it's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be Tom Brady in 2060. <laughs> Coming back, looking weird. Still trying to say "let's go" as a his catchphrase. Does, is that his? Does he have a catchphrase? Yeah, it's "let's go." That's his big thing. It's the name of this podcast. Go. Yeah, no, he he tried to do it. He's tried to he do can't, it. He can't. He like, that's yeah. This is the name of his podcast. It's it's like he's got a Hertz commercial where he says "let's go" all the time. They they've adopted that as their thing because of him. He's trying to make "let's go" his trademark. A hundred thousand percent. That is hubris. He's doing it. He's the goat. What, who are you? What are you going to do it? Are you going to say you, you you created Let's Go? Like if I said I created cool. And if you were like, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. My catchphrase, Kevin. But he's older than us. Go. You have no idea what he was doing before we were paying attention. So maybe he actually did start Let's Go. Hey, are the Packers going to win the Super Bowl? I don't, they're not my pick, but there's obviously one of the, not obviously, but like I just said, one of the three teams, I think most likely to come out of the NFC. You think you they are? Not, why? Tell me, yes, tell me why you think they are. Well, they have a really good roster. They're two, the two Georgia guys are only going to get better as the season goes along. And then they're going to be an elite, elite defense. If they're not at the beginning of the season, by the way, I love, I love everybody from Georgia. I think there's been a failure I think that, that that there's maybe a thought that there's some diminishing returns if you draft like the fifth and sixth best Georgia guys, right? I don't think so. I think that th- there's, I think the Georgia guys, it was basically a all-star team of high school, like Uber athletes. The Rams drafted, or yeah, it was in the seventh round, the 14th pick of yeah. the 15 Georgia players taken, and they love him. This cornerback, Darian Kendrick. He's going to go to camp. the 14th Georgia defensive player or player rather drafted and he made the Rams roster and he might play. But here's the thing. No one realizes about like mo- those teams now, like the modern Georgia, modern Alabama, like Keely Ringo, right? Great cornerback is the guy that had the, the, the pick six to win yeah. the game uh, in the national championship. He's a five-star from Phoenix. Okay. And like 10 years ago, he would have gone to, I don't know, Arizona state, Texas, USC. He would have stayed in that region of the country. And now anybody who's like that is like, mm, I'm actually going to go to play for Georgia or Alabama. Cause I want to make a hundred million dollars in three years. And then guess what happens? They do. So I don't think that like the, the college football world is not flat in any way. So drafting like the sixth best Georgia guy, you can't go broke. Like guys are saying if Nicobe Dean stays healthy, Nicobe Dean is going to be like a game changer year one. Everybody loved Nicobe Dean. Yeah. That was, by the way, what the hell happened where everyone on draft night was like, oh man, he might have like a peg leg and like, you know, yeah. a tooth where his eye is. And then suddenly flash forward and he's playing in the preseason. It's like, he's fine. Well, remember, I that don't with, remember that happened with, uh, remember Miles Jack and uh, Jalen Smith the same yeah. way, but like Miles Jack, yeah. it was like, well, 
he's got, you know, he's got four years and then his career is over or whatever. He had microfracture surgery like the day before the draft. We think of these teams as being like CAA level information gathering operations, which go check out what the Browns did. That's clearly not the yeah. case. Yeah. And then you hear stuff like what happened in the draft and you're like, wait, what the, no one knows anything. I'm just, I'm just thrown by the fact that this is an audio format now, because every time I've come on slow news day, and I think it's been now what, like five or six times Three, at this point, I'm like yep, fully, fully times. Tom Hanks, SNL velvet jacket level. Um, I make fun of your hair, but in an audio format, it doesn't translate. I was, I spent the last five to seven minutes thinking of ways to tie your hair into whatever we were talking about, but sure. But it's not, but it's a video, but on Spotify, it's a video and, and also we're still going to release it on Twitter. So please, you have the floor. I feel so, I felt bad after my last one and I don't want to go down that road again. You know, the road that I went down last time. Yeah. You made a world war one joke. And I don't think it was about the English and what's going on. Oh no, no. The Madison Cawthorn one. I got it. You did that's two times ago. Madison, you, you, you compared me to Madison Cawthorn. I remember. <laughs> I forgot. They all run together. All the hair jokes you, run together. Well, I, I mean, your hair does look taller. I did notice that. Is that was that after you had your photo taken with Patrick Mahomes yeah, was, and you're like, I, yeah. I, I, need yeah, I was like, I got, I can't. Well, here's the thing: Patrick had tall hair in the photo. Patrick Corey, to bring up the photo. Patrick had tall hair in the photo. I was outflanked. <laughs> is that is that how men can trick people into thinking they're taller by like your, your hair is your high heels uh that's exactly right that's why i've been doing that's why i just i used a blow dryer for six hours hey today. bryce young this is the real message we need to send to you <laughs> <laughs> kevin's got all the tricks <laughs> Oh God! I love There's him. Some poor. <laughs> you love Bryce Young. I actually, I'm, 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 I'm not going to spread a Kobe Dean style rumor because that would be awful. But yeah. I, I made maybe I'll ahead of the draft tweet out that photo of me in the heels next to Bryce Young, and people won't know that oh. I'm wearing heels. So GMs who you know definitely monitor these things, they'll see the pick and they'll think, oh no, oh he's got to be like five six. And then they'll follow the Seahawks at seven. Also, you can Photoshop his hair lower. <laughs> this is going to work. Um, all right, let's do Club Kevin uh, and get you out of here. What's, I mean, it's week one. There's so much, there's so many possibilities here, Mina Kimes. I get to choose? Yeah, yeah. Have you been on the show before? <laughs> You're okay. saying you're Tom Hanks. I guess we can't. You can't. I mean, Alec Baldwin's also in the Velvet Jacket Club at SNL, but I guess you you're not. You get to choose who goes in the club. I don't know. Anyways, no. What the fuck? It's been it's it's been six months, and all of a sudden you've forgotten the rules of Club Kevin. It's been, it's been a minute. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna go with Revenge Games. The concept of the Revenge Game. And cl- do, can, do you, does Club Kevin accept theoretical yeah. ideas? It doesn't yes. have to be like a Concepts. noun or a Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the, this opening weekend is full of just bangers. And obviously, you got Baker Mayfield versus the Browns. I think yes. Raiders Chargers 
is is low-key an incredible revenge game. People forget how awful the Chargers ending of their season was with the tie that wasn't. I think that's uh, more of a conceptual revenge game, but a a very strong run. You have potentially Joe Flacco against the Ravens. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Okay, the Flacco Flacco does not count as a revenge game. (laughs) Having said that, revenge games, welcome to Club Kevin. Joe Flacco doesn't get to come. <laughs> Although I have heard uh, my Baltimore source is telling me Joe Flacco is a wonderful tipper. Really? So if he was doing bottle service in Club Kevin, everybody would be taken care of, from what I understand. He still can't come. All-time hair glow up, Joe Flacco, going from the, the buzz to the side part. Just didn't he? But he kind of did that after he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's he why did, he got like, paid. Lit- you thought it was a Super Bowl? <laughs> they thought he was taller. <laughs> like, oh, Joe is, He's already Joe's way too perfect, tall. He's got the too perfect tall. stature. No. See, that's okay. Mm. Again, NFL quarterbacks. I realize Joe Justin Herbert's like six, you know, nine, he's like six, six, but you know, there's a thing too tall is a thing. So if you're too tall, maybe that's why Justin Herbert buzzed his hair that one time and oh everyone got God. their jokes off. Maybe he wanted to look shorter. <laughs> wow. We've just stumbled. We've just stumbled. You mentioned the CIA level intelligence. We've just stumbled into something very deep. If we don't make it to the Friday episode with Steven Ruiz and Seth Galina and Andy Staples, you know why. See you, buddy. See ya. All right, Bryce Young, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama starting quarterback. He's here with Dr. Pepper. Fansville. We're going to get to that. I want to start with this, Bryce. Um, you study Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that you've said that that he's your favorite quarterback. Uh, that that you watch the way he he does off platform stuff. You've had a chance to meet him. Um, what at a granular level do you get from Aaron Rodgers? What do you study? How do you study uh, th- that that kind of talent? Yeah, um, definitely my my favorite quarterback to watch and to observe. Um, you know, for me, it's just about trying to see how he how he maneuvers a pocket um how he's able to get throws off from you know very unique platforms and angles and you know trying to make sense of it all um for he's obviously extremely talented extremely gifted extremely efficient as a passer so um a lot of things he does um obviously it's hard to replicate um but you know i try to do so in in my own uh, unique way and also just try to see um, again, how he's able to to create the amount of velocity to twerk and stuff in the, the spaces and how quick he, he is and, and um, you know, how he's able to, you know, do that on such a consistent basis. That's a lot of the stuff that I look at. Fascinating. Um, scouting report of yourself after last year, because what's interesting to me is I, I go on this training camp tour every year in the NFL, talk to guys like Mahomes, talk to guys like Rogers, and they've always taken lessons from the previous year and basically said, um, you know, hey, here's what I need to learn. You know, I, Mahomes said he was seeing ghosts in the Super Bowl, so he worked on pocket presence the next year. Um, you did not win the last game of the season last year. So obviously there's always going to be some introspection, but you're going to take lessons from it. How did last year's ending inform the way you worked on your game this year, Bryce? Yeah, um, like you said, I feel like there's a, a, a lot of benefit in self-scout and being able to reflect, yeah. and turn on the film and watch stuff from the past year. And uh, for me, um, you know, I feel like it was a big emphasis on, you know, there's, there's little things, but a big emphasis on making sure as a unit, um, that I was more in command and making sure we we're all on the same page. Uh, I feel like as a unit, 
uh, we were successful. We all knew what we were doing. We all knew where we were going to in the run game. We all knew how we wanted routes to be ran, the timing and all that. And, you know, we ran to our faults when, when things like that weren't always on the same page. So um, one of the biggest approaches for me uh, throughout this offseason was making sure that, um, and it's not just with receivers, but also through, with running backs, with, with the line and, and making sure where we're yeah. going um, and making sure that we're more, you know, more efficient with communicating and executing um, as a unit. So I think that was probably my biggest focus. Everyone talks about, and I just read a book about this uh, by John Dalty, Talty, the, uh, the way Nick Saban recruits and it's, he promises nothing. He wants you to earn it. He's not going to tell you you're the man. Maybe other coaches are going to text you and say, Hey man, day one, you're the starter. And some people go to Nick because he doesn't do that because he wants you to earn it. Um, how did Nick Saban recruit you, Bryce? Yeah, like you said, Coach was extremely honest, um, extremely upfront. Um, all he did was describe the opportunity that I had. He told me the circumstances. He told me um, what the opportunity was. Um, and, you know, he was very, very honest. He told me that there's, you know, there's no special treatment. There's no promises. There's no guarantees. Um, but this is what, you know, this is how um, the competition, you know, how we're willing to allow you to compete. This is the opportunity you have. And um, I really appreciate that. And I also um, feel like it's a it's a big reason why we have the culture we do. Um, you know, for us, Coach Saban and, and everyone who coaches there um, is, is very honest, very transparent, very upfront and recruited. And I think that kind of sorts out and, and weeds out the people that we want to be a part of our program and a part of that standard. You know, I think when you're with someone like Coach Saban, you know, you hear these stories about Bill Belichick, too, at the NFL level. You learn things about football you could never possibly even begin to imagine. I mean, things like, hey, the DB's body is going to be turned this way, do this. I mean, things you, you in a million years you couldn't come up with. Give me one thing Nick Saban's taught you about football that's been just off the charts special. Yeah, um, actually, I think that's a pretty good example. Um, something about um, there was a, you know, I can't I can't tell you because, you know, we got to keep things a little confident. But um, to, to sum it up, um, there was a uh, there actually, like you said, um, there's a specific landmark um, that we look for at, at, at quarterback um, when we're talking about uh, a, specific, a type of zone that a corner yeah. plays. And, um, you know, a lot of times people look at uh, a type of body language or, or people try to play the guessing game. But um, for us, um, there was something that, that that coach told us about, um, you know, the, the positioning, the landmarks of, of a particular DB position. Um, that could help us give tells on um, whether we can uh, take advantage of the area zone or not. I'm sorry. I'm so vague because this is. No, it's, 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 it's Coach um, Listen, I started this question by saying you also hear this from Coach Belichick. The, n- neither of those guys want anything coming out of their program. So trust <laughs> me, I've, I've heard vague answers before from both those guys. I appreciate that. Um, it's interesting because you're here with Dr. Pepper. I don't think five years ago you would have been doing this. NIL has changed everything. Um if you're put in charge of the NCAA, and Lord knows there's an opening, um, how would you view the NIL thing? Because in my opinion, uh, I'm kind of a I'm kind of an NIL absolutist at this point. I think that everybody should get their money. I don't think that there should be any uh, restrictions on it. Um, you're someone who, you know, Coach Saban said you were ma- how much you were making last year at Media Days. People are talking about it. You're cashing in on on your brand um, and your image. Uh, how going forward would you implement any rules at all, if any? Uh, yeah, that's a tough question. Um, obviously, there's, um, you know, when you're talking about um, uh, a topic that that's big, um, you know, there's no, you know, there's no real answer you can have where everyone gets is happy. Um, so, so that's definitely tough. Um, I guess from my perspective, I will say, um, you know, I'm I'm just happy that um, one, you know, obviously we're able to as athletes now be compensated yeah. and receive compensation for you know what 
what's kind of rightfully ours and, and what other big time corporations have been uh, profiting off of for a really long time. And also yeah. um, I'm happy to see, um, you know, I'm happy to see young men and women throughout all of NCA be able to change circumstances for themselves and for their families. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's obviously a really wide range of athletes that are in, um, that are in sports and there's a wide range of circumstances um, that comes with that. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, think about, you know, potentially what could happen from, you know, for teams and for fans and, and for following the sport. And obviously that that's a part of it too, but there's a lot of people that have been able to drastically change their lives, their family lives, take loved ones out of situations that were, you know, obviously not the best and be able to make a new life for people that they care about or themselves. And, um, you know, for all the hard work that we throughout all sports and athletes put in, um, I'm happy that people are able to do that at a young age. I completely agree. I don't want to go on a rant here because we don't have that much time. But, you know, I, I just think about watching college football all my life. And there are so many guys who are absolute heroes of their college team. They're not pro prospects. And all of a sudden, they don't have enough for a down payment on their house when they get out of here. You're obviously a different deal. You're going to be a high draft pick. But you just think about the guys who can now maximize on their college career in a different way. I just think, as you said, it changes the circumstances of guys' lives, women's lives. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, all right. You've compared yourself to Steph Curry, but Davidson era. Steph Curry, I heard, because you don't want to say you've arrived to the Warriors, uh, the Warriors era, Steph Curry. How I know you're a Lakers fan, but take me through the the mindset of comparing yourself to Steph and, and kind of viewing yourself as a Steph Curry type. Um, yeah, I just really love uh, I really just love his approach to, to the game and, um, you know, really how he carries himself. And um, to see someone who came in with, um, you know, obviously with not a lot of, you know, he, he came from a small school. And maybe not the ideal measurable as he may look, you know, to the eye as, as someone, especially when he was younger, as, you know, you know, how, how is he going to make it in this, in this league with, you know, in the NBA with all his seven footage, but you can tell um, all the work that he's put in, um, how extremely skilled um, he is, how he carries himself as a, as a leader, um, as a, as a player and as a person. Um, And, you know, really just the steady growth and progression that he's had throughout his career. Um, He's been able to continue to, to level up and to keep um, being a better player. And, and, you know, you see the growth throughout the years. And even now to this day, someone who's, you know, been a unanimous MVP, who's accomplished everything, has rings, and then, uh, you know, to, to go through him individually, them as a team, what they did, and to come back and still now, still, you know, really still be in his prime at this age. I have a lot of respect for that. So, um, you know, that's obviously um, that level of greatness is something that I'm, I'm chasing, obviously, in different sports, but um, I'm a far, far away from it. But um, for me, it's just trying to keep working and, and, you know, try to do what I can at this very moment. One more for you, and then we'll get you out of here on Dr. Pepper. Um, we do a thing called Club Kevin. You can induct anybody in the world, just whoever like whoever is winning the week for you right now. If it's a TV show you're loving, if it's a movie you're loving, anything pop culture, an athlete you like. Anybody in the world? Um, I go with I go with uh, another one of my favorite athletes. I go with Will Anderson. Killing oh, it! Oh wow, week. your teammate. Yes, definitely killing it this week. Killing it this off season. Killing it this year. Killing this lifetime. Like that's that's my guy. Like obviously everyone you know everyone knows him, but um, being able to see um, the work he puts in, how he carries himself, like you know, right being right next to him, being a part of it, I'm um, a super inspiring. So I go with my guy Will. I think one day you guys will see each other on Sundays as well. Tell us what we're doing with Fansville and, and Dr. Pepper Bryce. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I'm honored to be a part of the, the Fansville campaign. 
by, by Dr. Pepper. And um, again, this is a huge honor for me. Um, being a part of it and filming, it was a really fun and really unique experience for me. Um, so uh, I'm super excited, uh, super fired up about it. So it's a blessing. Awesome. Bryce, thank you for coming on Sponies Day. Good luck this season. For sure. Thank you for having me. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And 1, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right, Desmond Howard, he's here with Townhouse Crackers. Desmond, what's going on, man? Man, getting ready for this college football season. What's going on with you, Kevin? I, same. I'm getting ready for NFL, too, though. So, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pulling, yeah. that I'm pulling that was, double duty here. Too. But college comes first. College comes first. Um, all right, so you got some heat. I loved I loved it because I thought Baylor's a playoff team this year. You got some real heat for those playoff predictions, Desmond. What was that like? Kevin, you know what? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to let you know a little secret, my friend. Um, you only get heat if you pay attention to it. Like Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to give you, like, last year, you know, I did the Heisman Ceremony, and Bryce Young won the award. Yeah. And, you know, you got me and Tim Tebow and RG3, and we're all up there. We, we figured we were going to keep it kind of light, tell some jokes, right? So, you know, you had one fan base that got really hypersensitive to a joke that I told, right? And, like, that night, they were all on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. That night, my daughter, she goes to Columbia. She's getting her MBA at Columbia. Like, I spent the most uh, most of that night, like, hanging out with my daughter. So when all that, you know, hate was going on and everything on social media, I was oblivious to it because I was yes. enjoying my evening with my daughter who goes to school up in Columbia. So the same situation a week ago about my picks. You know, I did my picks. After that, I'm spending time with some friends and doing work and blah, blah, blah. So if you're not on social media, guess what? You, you, you're you oblivious to the so-called heat that you're getting yes. from your picks. So it's all fun and, you know, it's all fun and games. But listen, it's crazy that so many people get so emotional about my picks, like those <laughs> picks, you know what I'm saying? And would you want me to just be boring and just tell you, oh yeah, well, hell, Alabama, yep, yep, Alabama, Ohio State, yeah, yeah, Georgia, Probably yeah, let's get Georgia. them all in. I mean, come on, because I have the testicular.
muscular fortitude to think Boom. outside the box. You want to like be mad at me? <laughs> Come on, man. I, I'm sorry I can't be that simple and I have a mind of my own and I think outside the box. Listen, who would have picked Michigan last year? Who would have picked Cincinnati last year? Somebody's got to think outside the box, right? Listen, I, I completely agree with you. First of all, shout out to your daughter, Sydney, who I got to know when she was with the Dolphins. Great person. Glad Thank to see you very her much. Thank you. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yep. All right. Second of all, let's back you up here. Dave Aranda, I think he's special. I really do think he's special, and we're going to see that in the next couple of years if you didn't see it last year, by the way. Just the interviews, the way he's able to talk uh, about the game and the process and what, he, what he's already done. Texas A&M, some of the best recruiting classes in the country. Jimbo Fisher, a guy who's already done it before. At some point, they're going to break through. It's almost a little bit like what, what happened with Kirby for a couple of years where they got all this talent, and one year they finally broke through. So I'm there. I'm with you. All right. Um, let's see, Because we do NFL on this show as well, uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks going into this year in college for next year. If you're named GM of an NFL team tomorrow that needs a quarterback, you're looking where first, Desmond? Wow. You know, I want to look, like I said, I'm kind of a guy who wants to like find a diamond in the rough. I want to sure. think outside the box. It's easy to look at um, Bryce Young at yeah. Alabama. Very easy to look at C.J. Stroud at uh, Ohio State. But I'm really impressed with uh, Will Levis. I like Will yeah. Levis at Kentucky. Um, I like uh, Tyler Van Dyke at, at Miami. Um, I actually picked Kentucky to be my sleeper team because of um, Will yeah. Levis. Like they're, they're, so, there are a lot of things. You can look at the quarterback at um at Florida too. Uh, yeah, they call him AR, but he dropped the AR fifteen. Yeah, yeah I saw. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he saw he, that. He dropped. So anyway, so I, I like to look at these, and I believe because there there are quarterbacks who come in with a tremendous amount of hype just because of programs that they're at, right? But then there are yeah. other guys who, once the scouts they start to break down film and start to look at game tape, then these are always the guys who. Come late March, early April, they start to climb the charts as far as the draft is concerned. They start their stock starts to rise, and people are like, why, why, why? Well, because when you really sit down and you break down the film of these guys, you understand how they may be even more um, NFL ready than some of the big name quarterbacks that you're used to hearing. So those are a couple who I have my eyes on right now. Uh, all right, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh here. Desmond, I know you're a Michigan guy. I know you picked to make the playoffs. Starting a statement with we've made a decision, and then the statement says we haven't made a decision. Only Jim Harbaugh could do that. Only Jim Harbaugh could do that, man. Like, come on. If, 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 if you were to, to hear the description of what that coach did, you'd say, oh, that was Jim Harbaugh, if you didn't know the name, right? Um, take me through how you feel about Jim Harbaugh going into this year after the Vikings stuff with the quarterback stuff this offseason. You are aware with that. Kevin, that is classic Jim Har Harbaughism. You know what I mean? That's a that's a Harbaughism if I've ever heard one. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I think it's good that he's back. Uh, under understood that he flirted with the N NFL. I don't know how serious they were. I don't know how serious he yeah. was. I don't have any insight, you know, um, information. But you know, he's Jim has been a guy. No matter what his record has been in Michigan, that he's always had that option to go to the NFL when the season's over. I mean, there are very few coaches in college football who you know that if they lost their job today, they would be courted by NFL um, owners. And Jim Harbaugh is one of them. Um, so I think it's, you know, everyone's happy that he's back. 
as far as what I feel about them this year, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch this team perform because they lost both coordinators. You know, Um, Josh Gaddis is down in Coral Gables with Mario Cristobal and coaching at at Miami. You know, he got, they, hey, um, shoot, my man Kirk Herbstreet. And, you know, I did it a little bit, but Kirk really criticized the Miami football program. Oh, I know. And they opened up the checkbook. And so they got, they got um, my man Gaddis. I went to Miami. I went to Miami. I went to Miami. And I think we should induct Kirk Herbstreet into the Miami Hall of Fame for what he did. For what he did. Because the administration, you know this. I've seen you in practice before. They didn't want to spend money on facilities. They didn't want to spend money on coaching staff. And all of a sudden, Kirk Herbstreet says, we got to fix this thing. And all of a sudden, the entire administration says, all right, we're building a task force. Here we go. And all of a sudden, they got Mario Cristobal. Come on, that that is yeah. who is who is who has done more for University of Miami athletics in the last decade than Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> yeah, so you 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 feel what I'm saying. So yeah, we opened up the checkbook and got got my man Gaddis, and then obviously Mike McDonald. The uh, he was a defensive coordinator a year ago. He returned to the NFL. He's with the Baltimore Ravens now. He's calling defenses for for the Ravens. So those are two huge losses. I think they have a lot of talent on offense. Defense, um, they lost, I would say, three first-rounders. You know, you could talk about Ajabo yeah. didn't go in the first round, but that's because he popped his Achilles. But still, three first-round talents uh, off the defense. The defensive coordinator is gone, but they brought in a coordinator who, who brings the same style that uh, McDonald had because they both coached together in, uh, in Baltimore. The interesting part to me of the puzzle is the offense, Kevin. Like, how are they going to call these plays? You know, you listen to yeah. Jim Harbaugh. And it seems like it's going to be um, offensive coordinator by committee. I believe yeah. they have a lot of talent. They, 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 got, they have about as much firepower offensively as any team in the conference, maybe in the country. I mean, they have two outstanding quarterbacks with different skill sets. They have two fantastic tailbacks. They have one of the deepest receiving rooms in the country. And they have two um, NFL caliber t- tight ends. So yeah. I think the firepower is there. How are they going to call these plays that experiment is what I want to see. All right. One more for you, then we'll get to townhouse. Uh, if you're put in charge of the NCAA tomorrow, and Lord knows there's an opening, you're changing what about college football, about NIL, portal, whatever it is. You get to change one thing right now, tomorrow. Where are you going, Desmond? Man, oh, man. You know, Kevin, I, I, I just think, you know, the NCAA, I've been hard on them for quite some time. So I believe yeah. that they're completely useless. Um <laughs> uh, I think that they're exploiting, they're exploiting these uh, yep. revenue-generating sports. Uh, I look at what took place when uh, the, the Duke volleyball team played at yeah. BYU, yep. and they were racial slurs, um, um, you know, aimed at one of the Duke volleyball players, and, and no one did anything. And I'm like, the NCAA, they're quick to punish players, but they're, 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 they're really slow to protect them. If you can't protect our student-athletes, yeah. what good are you? And then, so when I look at those things, I always, I always go back to what's the purpose of the NCAA. And I, I think there's to look after the best interests of your student athletes. So if I was the head of the NCAA, I would make sure that any moves that I made were in the best interest of the student athlete. I've been a, a, a strong advocate of players getting paid for their likeness um, for quite some time. For as far back as Reggie Bush was at USC, I said I said the USC owed Reggie Bush money. People thought I was crazy. I said, listen, how many of those number five jerseys did they sell before Reggie Bush wore? 
right? Okay, how many have they sold since Reggie Bush has been wearing the number five jersey? It's really simple math. Open up the books. There's no way you can tell me that that young man did not give that jersey value. And because he did, he should be getting a percentage of it. So um, I'll always just make sure that the, the, the student athlete's best interest is at heart. You're going to have to make some amendments to the um, NIL. And I think you have to make some um, amendments to the um, the transfer portal. Sure. Because it's kind of like the wild, wild west right now, Kevin. And that's not good for, for, uh, for college sports at all. Yeah, the thing that only worries me is that the idea that USC, Miami, Georgia can take these two-star guys who develop at Buffalo or Miami of Ohio and just and just pay them to come and you know almost like you have to re-recruit them, you know, like in the transfer portal. That to me is a problem. All right, let's get you out of here on what you're doing with Townhouse Crackers. Oh, you know, I'm teaming up with Townhouse Crackers again because listen, the 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 the, the best part, well, one of the best parts of, of football is tailgating, right? And obviously sure. you got townhouse crackers. Now we got the, the townhouse game day dippers. Now listen, Kevin, they're so cool. You know, they got the, the classic you brought, you brought them in. They are. and taste. That's right. Of course I do. And, but they're shaped like footballs. And so Perfect. now they're limited, limited edition. They just released in August. So you got to get them while they last. Okay. But they taste great. I have, I have three, three dipping techniques. And I have four recipes, too. And one of the recipes I have is, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I love hummus, right? So sure. I got the uh, homemade half-time hummus. This is my hummus. And there's nothing better with hummus than these townhouse game day dippers, man. So listen, you got to run out, get some yep. fast, and look out for specially marked boxes on the back, so you can um, you can win the ultimate fan cave makeover. The ultimate fan cave makeover is a contest that you want to be in, but go get them while the supplies last right now. They're delicious, Kevin. I can safely say we've been doing this show for a couple of years. You're the first guest to bring his own hummus. Love hummus, man. Love it. This is about it. Desmond Howard, see you this season, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kevin. All right, Andrew Whitworth, he's here with Pepsi. Uh, he is a new member of the media. Andrew, the way this is going to work is, I think earlier in this episode, Mina Kimes is going to be on. Um, and she's not going to be listening now because her segment's over. So you can tell me what a nightmare she was to work with in the booth this year. That's not true. I mean, it was a blast. No, no, not not funny. Doesn't, doesn't do her homework. Not good on camera. Terrible, right? Oh man, you, this must be coming from Twitter trolls or something because uh, there's no <laughs> chance, no chance that's accurate because Mina's the best, man. I I, I was best. so impressed, man. She's on top of everything. Such a cool personality. I was I was really uh, really humbled to have the opportunity to do that with them. Having said that, what's the number one thing so far? You've only been doing it for a couple of weeks that you've learned from broadcasting. You know, I think really just how important it is to be authentic to who you are and true to yourself, yeah. and just you know trust that. Being you and and what you know and what you're passionate about, you know, being able to talk about that in a way is what people want to hear. And so I think that not trying to be anybody else or have anybody else's take, have your own. Did you learn? I mean, listen, again, it's very early in the process, but you hear from guys when they prepare for games and they prepare and they're watching things differently. Say, hey, I've never even thought about that. Or, hey, I didn't talk to this guy and uh, about a, a production point until I talked to this coach or whatever. Was there anything about football that you learned just sitting in that booth there um, in the early days here, Andrew? 
No, I would say really for me, it was more about um, I wanted to just kind of have a feel for for the experience and, and trust what I already know about the game. Because obviously calling the Rams games, it's like I already know everything there is about the Rams and the team and the different people yeah. in the building. And I really didn't want to bog myself down with statistics or analytics or things where it's like, all right, you're trying to prove that you're smart. Uh, just talk about the game yeah. that you know and and what uh, you've obviously watched and paid attention to for 20 years. And I think to me that was important just to make sure I was myself first. And then as I grow and learn, all right, like I remember after the first week, I was like, man, I tried to remember all these things that didn't even come up in the game. <laughs> now I know like, yeah. okay, I, just, I need to know the roster in and out. I kind of need to know little details about certain players. And that's really it. There's a lot of information that – you just don't even have a place to be able to provide it during a game. I've had a couple of different Rams on here, and I've always asked them to tell me why Sean McVay is different because you hear a million different anecdotes, and they mean so many different things um, as far as, you know, defensive backs say he'll pop into a defensive back meeting, and he'll it's almost like he, he's so smart he could be the defensive backs coach, right? Or linebackers or wide receivers or whatever. Um, just take me through why Sean McVay is different, Andrew. Well, I think, you know, I've had to share this a couple of times. I think one of the coolest things to me that really sums him up is that I think that to call Sean McVay really an offensive guru or a genius or any of that is almost disrespectful to what he really is. And that is that he really is one of the most elite leaders that I've ever met. And And that doesn't have anything to do with offense or defense or special teams. It's just being a leader of people, his ability to understand Everything the offense needs to know. Everything the defense. Like this guy could install the offense. He could install the defense. He can install the special teams, and he could call all three if he wanted to. He could be the only guy out there if he wanted to be. Like that's how much he understands every concept of everything the team does. And then on top of that, he probably communicates with every player on the team more than yeah. anybody else in the organization too. And, and does it in a way where guys love playing for him. They love the culture. They love the atmosphere. I, I just think it's one of those things that he's so much more than this offensive-minded coach and a guy who can remember yep. stuff. He's invested in people's lives. He's invested <laughs> in their success. He's just he's a rare, rare breed when it comes to being a head coach in the NFL. What was it like to watch Matthew Stafford's passes fly by your head for a couple of years there, or for, for one year there? Uh, you know what? I, I steadily wishing I was, uh, I could go back and change my birth certificate to about 10 years later. <laughs> I would love to play every down with that guy. He, he was so rare, so special. Um, you know, obviously as a lineman, you don't see the football. So, right. you know, I get to see the, you know, the no look passes and some of the crazy yeah. throws he'd make after the fact, but never made it any less special than <clears throat> being friends with him and knowing him well. You know, uh, just the drive and determination to do that kind of stuff and, like, just have the guts to say, I'm going to put this ball in here, even though nobody else would probably want to throw it in there, uh, is what kind of what made him special, too, is that he really not only is he this smart, intelligent quarterback, but he's got some guts to him and he's willing to throw balls that sometimes people aren't willing to. I totally agree. I, one of his guys in Detroit told me you can hear the ball go past. Like it, it, it's, it's like, it's like a rocket ship going past. It's like, you know, I grew up in Florida, you hear the, uh, the, the, uh, space shuttle go off a little bit, right? It sounds like that where it's like, zoom, you know, it's crazy. Yes, there's no doubt. He, it's, he's got special arm talent and, uh, not only that, but he's a, 
cerebral, just intelligent quarterback. And, and the time and effort that he put in a week in and week out was just shocking to me. I always considered myself somebody got there early in the building and it never failed. His car would always be the one in the parking <laughs> lot before me. Amazing. Um, take me through what you've seen out of the Bengals franchise. And obviously it was probably surreal for you seeing last year, them in the Super Bowl. you were there for so long. The modernization of addition last year, okay, they're spending a little bit more money than they used to. They're building an indoor practice facility. They're selling the naming rights to the stadium. I was joking when I was down there a couple weeks ago to do a Burrow story. Like, instead of selling the naming rights to the stadium to raise money for Burrow's contract, they should just sell the naming rights to Burrow's contract. Just have like Skyline Chili, just like sponsor the contract, just cut out the middleman. Um, but is this a, a, a changed organization from what you just remember a couple of years ago, Andrew? I really believe so. You know, having a close relationship with Joe, I think it's been uh, cool to hear kind of him him describe his experiences there in Cincinnati and how things have been. And I can already tell just from that um, they're doing things differently than they've done them before. And knowing Zach Taylor really well and being a part of when he was going through that process, you know, him and I were having lots of sit downs and conversations about what he was walking into. What's what's in the organization that needs to change? What are some thoughts that I might have? And um, so I've been very involved in that entire process and change. And so it's been very cool to, to kind of hear a lot of it and and see what's going on. I, I think they're a change franchise. I think that Joe and, and Zach Taylor and the job they've done to inspire them to really chase every year being at their best. Um, has really changed them. And you look at them, I think, top to bottom, their roster is even better than it was last year. I mean, they got an opportunity to be successful. They've improved the offensive line, obviously, with a lot of finances in the offseason yeah. and free agency. They put some money, you know, which is something they didn't never did, ever. Um, you look really in our stretch from 2011 to, to 15, when we went to the playoffs five times in a row, how many free agents we actually signed that yeah. were significant free agencies deals. They, were, they weren't there. Um, so it, it's really, really cool to see the investment by the franchise, by the team, and how Zach Taylor and Joe are invested. And they got some special young talent. So I, I don't see why they can't be just as good this year. Knowing what you know about the Bengals' offense, about Joe, having watched him obviously since college, you had a vested interest in that. Uh, and knowing Zach, a good offensive line does what to that offense? Because for me, I was talking to Brian Callahan a couple weeks ago, they want to get five guys out into routes, no matter if, if Joe gets hit or not. You know, I mean, they're obviously going to change it um, based on whether or not they have a good line. But, you know, they want to vision is Joe Burrow's superpower. And if he can stay upright and get five guys out into a route, that's a game changer for him. How does it change this team with that offensive line being improved? Well, I think you really look at it. You know, Joe made a lot of special plays last year. Yeah. Um, some of them on his own, some of them where he's able to really just throw up balls that are, you know, he's he's really good at throwing some of those go balls where he's just saying, hey, you know what, my guy's better than yours and I'm going to get it out. And at times that's probably because he maybe sometimes doesn't trust the protection he's going to have. So that's the first thing he can get out. That's the He knows he's got to look where he can throw it. But maybe there's other plays that would be there on the field. So when you when you have the opportunity to have a line that's going to give you more time, now Joe gets to expand the other part of his game, his read progression, getting through reads, you know, understanding, hey, now we, we've drawn up this play where we know who we can get open if we have time. And, and so I think it's only going to add another element to them offensively to where they're not always having to just throw go balls or quick passes where they're giving the ball in the receiver's hands, but they can also – scheme up passes down the field where they know, hey, it may take a second or two, but we're going to get a guy open late, which is just going to add to their offensive production. And and then also should improve their running game as well. And what does any quarterback on the planet want? A better running game and more time to throw. So I'm sure there's no one more happy than Joe Burrow. 
Does Brian Kelly ever win a national championship at LSU? Wow, that's a good one. I, you know what? I, I think LSU has always been a place that's had a, a, a lot of talent, a lot of ability. And when coaches have come in, uh, they've had early success. So if Brian Kelly's going to win one, it's going to have to be in the next two to three years. And you look at it, they hire Nick Saban. He wins a national yep. championship in his third year there. They hire Les Miles. He wins one in his second year there. Um, I think the opportunity for Brian Kelly has got to be in the next two to three years. I'm going to go with Brian Kelly gets it done. Let's go. I mean, I'm a homer. I, you know, I, do I really know that? No, but you know what? I'm an LSU tiger. If I said anything different, they probably would let me back in the state of Louisiana, Louisiana. They're already mad at me about the pass interference call in the saints game. <laughs> I can't make them mad about LSU tigers. Wait, I'm a Miami Homer and it's much, it's much easier to be an LSU Homer than a Miami Homer. Cause at least you guys win stuff. We're at least winning something, right? Yeah, I'm making crazy arguments for for no reason. You know, like you you guys at least do something. Um, all right, we do something called Club Kevin uh, on this show, and it's just whoever you feel is 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 winning the week, winning the month. If you watch something on TV, if you saw an athlete you love, if you're watching a TV or you know a movie right now, doesn't matter. You're actually in this thing because Travis Kelsey inducted you the night after your uh, Man of the Year award speech. So you're already in Club wow. Kevin. You got to induct somebody else. Uh, who are you feeling right now with? Man, when in the month? Um, you know, I'm going to go with somebody that people aren't going to think about winning Club Kevin because I called the Rams broadcast this season and I watched a guy go from nobody anybody even thought about to a guy who people think might could help the Rams this season, Lance McCutcheon, the Boom. receiver for the L.A. Rams, who led the league in receiving yards in the preseason and was pretty special. I think he had two or three touchdowns. Uh, you know what? The guy showed up, and, he, and you know what? He won the month of August. So sometimes it's about the preseason and winning the month of August to set your career in the right direction, and Lance McCutcheon did it. Two goats on that broadcast, Mina and Lance McCutcheon. That's uh, it. Two That's of them. Two of the two of the greats. Two of the greats. Uh, tell us what you're doing with Pepsi. You know what? I had a really cool opportunity. As, as your career ends, you're looking for ways to stay involved with the the game of football. And and uh, I I say that you know as a veteran in the NFL, you are sitting around thinking about all right, the first year I'm not playing, what am I going to be doing? And you yeah. always think the first thing that comes to mind is game day. Opening game day. All right. Where am I going to be? Am I going to be playing golf? Am I going to be fishing? Am I going to, where am I going to be on opening game day? And what's my setup going to be to watch the game when they come on? And so for me, when this Pepsi concept came up of, of creating this Pepsi 18 week pack and it being the, you know, the greatest game day experience ever somebody could have. I thought it was so cool and definitely right up the alley. I'm thinking, how am I going to watch the game? Do I want people around? Do I want to watch it by myself? Do I just want to, you know, have a couple of drinks, eat some food, watch a game? And this concept is so cool. I can't wait for people to see the inside of the 18-week pack. Everything you'd ever want from a game-watching experience. And so for me, it would fit right in line to what I'm thinking about all the time. How am I going to spend opening week and the rest of the NFL season watching football? Amazing. Andrew Wu, thank you so much for coming on Sunday News Day. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. 
With the Power's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. 